All right, guys, good morning. Hey, I'm Stephen Dickinson, the lead pastor here at The Vine. It's good to see you today. Let's, um, let's have a word of prayer before we get off into the message here. God, we, uh, it, it's been a long week, and it, it may not slow down because we're moving into a, a busy season, but it's a good season. It's a season of remembrance that all the good things in life, they, they come from you and, they, and that your grace is sufficient. And so you've, you've called us here this morning just out of the rat race of the world and into the sanctuary of your presence. And we need you to know uh, that we need you right now, perhaps more than ever. And so, God, we just ask that you direct our hearts and our minds toward you and fill us with your spirit. Bring, bring us hope and joy and peace. You remind us in your word that, that you are faithful to carry our burdens. You tell us that you will renew our strength and you promise to give us rest as we come to you. That's an awesome promise, God. And forgive us for the times that we've worked so hard to be self-sufficient, not relying on you. God, just living independently of your spirit, forgetting our need for you. Forgive us for letting fear and worry control our minds and for allowing pride and selfishness to wreak havoc on our lives. Forgive us for not following your ways and for living apart from your presence. God, thank you for listening to us. God, we're, we're grateful that, that your ways are, are far greater than our ways and your thoughts are far deeper than our thoughts. We thank you that you had a plan to redeem sinners. We thank you that you make all things new. Thank you that your face is, is toward the righteous and you are close to the brokenhearted and you, you hear our prayers and you know our hearts. God, thank you for your daily powerful presence in our lives that we can be assured that no matter what we're up against that you're there for us. God, this morning we pray for all those um, that are on our, our hearts and our minds and our, our prayer list and there are so many that we never really mentioned but fleeting thoughts of them come in and out of our minds and uh, perhaps we don't give them enough attention but you know what our worries and our concerns are God and so we, we lift up the, the tragedies around the world the injustices the oppression I mean the list goes on and on and we just trust that you know what needs to happen in each situation we know that you care for your people all people and so pour out your transforming power and love and redeem your world God we give thanks for all of the churches in town. And we pray that as we go through this holiday season, that collectively that we are able to spread some joy and be the light of Christ in the world. This morning we pray for Change Point Church and Pastor Brian, and we ask that, that you fill them with your spirit and use them for your kingdom purpose. We want the same thing, God, just for you to use us for your glory. And now, God, just hear us collectively. As we pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples when he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. 
We're continuing our series, um, Be Healthy, and um, I hope you'll take advantage of signing up um, to participate in that, the Be Healthy Challenge there, the Zero Challenge. Um, and just a reminder of what Jamie said, that we're not tracking people's weight. We don't care. This is for you. So if you weigh in, you're the only one who knows what you weighed in as. We just, we're trying to challenge people to, to stay the same, not to just go nuts through the holidays uh, like we sometimes do. You know, we're, we're going to practice a little, a little discipline. But if you sign up, then you get to receive the, the weekly emails that, that have some support and encouragement and daily Bible verses and, and, and tidbits of healthy information that I think is going to um, help us get through this season. And we want to get through this season with a proper perspective of who God is and who we are in relation to God and um, kind of discover the reason that we were created for the glory of God. So with our body, mind, and our soul, that's what we, our whole self, that's what we want to give to God. So last week we talked about uh, the fact that, that our bodies are a gift from God, and we want them to be healthy so that we can reach our full potential in Christ. And we, we, le- we learned a, a key uh, Bible verse in our understanding of, of why we should even care you know, about our bodies. Uh, it's found in the Apostle Paul's teaching, um, and, and he talks about you know, how, why we should care about our lives. And it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. He says, and this was really the, the key verse out of it, that you are not your own. You are not your own. That you were, you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. I mean, he couldn't have said it any more clear, right? That if, you, if you've surrendered your life to the lordship of Jesus Christ, then you don't have the right to treat or use your body in a manner that is inconsistent with God's will, God's plan, and God's purpose for your life and for his kingdom. And what I, what I realize now um, is that back in the days when I, I used to think that that my body was my own, I could do whatever I wanted to with it. You know, when I was selfish with my time, my energy, my money, when I was living for myself, um, I, I'm able to now look back at that time of my life and, and realize that the reason that I, I did that, the, the, I acted the way I acted, was because I, I just I didn't really know God's will, God's plan, God's purpose for, for my life. And the reason that I didn't was because I didn't really know God. At least not the way that I know God now. I mean, I knew of him, right? I grew up in church. I knew what I was supposed to believe. I knew how I was supposed to act. I knew what was expected of me, but I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And, and so I did what a lot of other people do, millions of other people. I just adapted my lifestyle to look like cultural Christianity, which doesn't do anything to transform your heart and your mind. It has no power. If we're going to be the people of God and reach our full potential, uh, then we've got to sell out for the glory of God. We've got to be all in, body, mind, and soul. And so today we're talking about having a healthy mind and why that's important, what that looks like. Um, And much like having a a healthy body helps us reach our full potential in Christ, having a healthy mind helps us be fully functioning followers of Christ. And Paul hints to this just a little bit when he writes uh, Romans 12, 
verses 1 and 2. You've probably heard this. It's a popular scripture when he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in other words, in view of what God has done to you or for you, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and your proper worship. So how we treat our bodies is part of our worship. Um, And it's related to how we think. He goes on. He says, do not conform to the patterns of this world. In other words, don't conform to the culture. Don't do what everybody else is doing just because they're doing it. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So the renewing of our mind is... Uh, it, it helps us discern what is good, what is pleasing, and what is perfect according to God. In other words, um, our mind is what helps us discover what God's will is for us. Um, and so if we can get to where we are thinking biblically or thinking godly, then we're really thinking a whole lot more clearly the way that God wants us to think. And so, so when, it, when, it come, when, when we become a Christian... Um, Christ begins this redemptive process in our life. And this includes our minds and the way we think. And and that that doesn't mean that we get smarter. It doesn't mean that our IQ goes up. What it means is that for the first time in our life, we're able to truly honor God with our thoughts and see things from a spiritual perspective. At at the moment of conversion, uh, Paul says that we receive the mind of Christ And this is something that God does for us and in us and through us by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But it's also something that we are responsible to pursue and cultivate. So how do we accomplish this? How do we cultivate a renewed mind with our thoughts and deliberations and our ideas that honor God? Well, I mean, it's a a process to be sure. It's an intentional process. Every day, we need to take time to study the Word so that we can uh, purposely think according to what it says. If you don't know it, you can't think that way, right? Um, And and we can't keep one or two junky areas of our thought life. You can't consume filth in the evening and say, well, I did my daily devotional this morning, so I'm good. It just doesn't work that way. Because that junky area keeps us from receiving all that God has to offer us and all that God wants to give us. And you may think, well, I just, I mean, I don't have time to to read and study God's word every single day. I mean, I'm pretty busy. I know it may seem like that, but is that really true? Or, or, Or is it just a cluttered mind convincing you that you don't have time for him? Well, there is a way to find out. You can, it's sort of a little self-assessment, a little evaluation. You, on your phone, you can go into settings, and you can find out how much time you spend on that little device every day. You, you can put a, a notepad beside your favorite chair or the couch or wherever your television is, and you can record. Just do it for a week. Just record how much television you watch, how much time you spend on your telephone. And then you decide, this is your decision, based on the information that you recorded, whether or not you have time for God. I'm not saying we have to be perfect at this. I mean, Lord knows that, that I'm not. But, but we need to make progress every single day 
of, of renewing our mind and growing in our relationship with God. Because really, the, the first step towards renewing your mind is just this steady intake of God's word. This is how we begin to know the character, the nature, and the heart and the mind of God. When we begin to read God's word and, or listen to it or memorize it or meditate on it, we discover that it has power and that that power is changing us. Here's what King Solomon says about God's word, and in particular, uh, the Proverbs. Proverbs offers this godly advice on every imaginable area of life. It's wonderful. But here's what Solomon writes that God's word, it's, it's for gaining, this is Proverbs 1, 2 through 7, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and the riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And that, that word there, fear, as it relates to the Lord, it, it just means reverence. Or awe that a person feels in the presence of greatness. Those who fear the Lord have a, a continued awareness of him, a deep love for him and a sincere commitment to obey him. There's a sharp contrast between um, the, the wise life and a foolish life. A wise person fears and reverences and obeys God. <clears throat> a fool despises God's instructions, can't be told what to do or not do because they think they already know everything. And, and the thing that makes a person wise is not um, really you know, what they know or how much they know, it's really in who you know and how well you know him. That's what makes a person wise. God's word is the, it's the starting point for gaining wisdom. And, and if it's not, then we're foolish for thinking there's anything else we can build a foundation on because there isn't. In the New Testament, uh, Peter tells Christians, this is 1 Peter 2, 2, he says, desire the pure milk of the word so that you may grow up in your salvation. So when a, when a baby is born, nobody expects the, the baby to stay an infant forever, right? We expect them to grow and to, be, to, to mature and to get stronger, um, eventually entering into adulthood. God has the same expectations for our spiritual life. When we first come to Christ through receiving his amazing grace, we're spiritual infants, but we are not meant to remain that way. God's plan for us is to, is to grow strong in our faith and become mature in our understanding of God's word and of God's will for our lives. And this ongoing process of, of learning is for every single believer, and it lasts a lifetime. So Jesus was a, a rabbi, and anybody who followed a rabbi, they were called disciples. Uh, the, the, the word disciple literally means student. A learner. So that's what we are. We are students of God. We are learners of God's word. Listen, I know your time is tight. And everybody's schedule is a little different. And it seems like you're, you're having to kind of work God into the, the chaotic rhythm of your life. And sometimes we're just giving God the leftovers. 
and, and so we've been working on a way to, to help you learn more about who God is and, and how God works in your life. And we've, we've tried to figure out a different way to approach studying God's word without just doing traditional Bible studies. Um, since we're in a, a temporary borrowed building here, we recognize that we've got time restraints. We've got space restraints. Uh, so it's difficult for us to get together and have Bible studies. And so uh, we have developed, and, and we've, we're still working through the details, but with the help of a lot of people and some other churches, um, we have designed this, this self-guided, which means you do it when you have time during your week. You don't have to show up every single, you know, Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock at night type deal. You do it on your free time. Um, so that eliminates a lot of excuses right there. Um, but it's your time to, to dig into this study curriculum that, w- that we've come up with. And I'm telling you right now, this curriculum, we're going through it. There's several of us going through it right now. This stuff's going to blow your mind. Uh, or, or let me say it this way. It's going to give you a healthy mind. And that's what we want for everybody. So we've, we've got a, a little logo here. We're still working on the logo, but uh, we're calling it the Vine University. And um, you're going to hear much more about this in, in December. And then in January, we're going to start trying to develop some, some groups or classes. And, and I really believe that this is going to transform how you approach the Word of God and how you encounter the greatness of God. And I believe that, that once you get into the Word of God on a consistent basis, then you are going to begin to think clearly, right? So what is clearly, though? Well, as, as we begin to fill our mind with the Word of God, there is this natural purging process that occurs that gets rid of the junk. Um, all of those thoughts that tell you that you're not worthy, that you're not good enough, that you need to watch out for yourself. You need to grasp and grab and hoard things because God's not going to take care of you and provide for you. No, you know, those thoughts of, of anger and revenge and pride and guilt and shame and fear, those thoughts that twist the truth of God's word into the lies of the world. Um, the only way to combat those thoughts is to replace them. It just is. And as we do this, then our minds, they become healthy, putting us in a position to, to be ready for action to follow God's plan for our life. Listen, we, we, we can't rest on our laurels. That, that is to say that, that we can't be satisfied with Christian infancy. We, we can't be content with just professing Jesus Christ as our Savior and then not doing anything to experience real transformation. We've got to fill our mind with God's word. And then once we do that, you got to protect it. You know, if, if filling our mind refers to what we take in, then guarding our mind refers to what we keep out. And this can be challenging. I mean, we live in a culture, and this is not the only culture by any means, but we live in a culture where um, the lines are getting blurred between what is socially acceptable and what is God-honoring. Uh, People are kind of getting confused with that. So there are millions of people that think if it's legal, then it must be God-honoring. It's okay, right? It's not okay. God's standards are so much higher, higher than anybody's, any government's. And our our culture not only allows but even pushes what I would call soul trash or soul pollution. And it's transforming the way we think as a society. 
the images and the content of television and movies and social media and songs and even video games, um, they're, they're all challenging the way we see the world and the people in it. The information that we're letting in, the, the thoughts that, that we entertain, the ideas that we foster, it can all be for much good or it can all be for much bad. But as Christians, we, we've got our marching orders. We know what we're supposed to be doing. 1 Corinthians 10, 5 says that we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We guard our minds, not only to keep stuff out, but also so we can dwell on the good stuff, so we can think about the good stuff. Our thought life is a powerful tool, for better or for worse. What we decide to think on, dwell on, meditate on, in many ways, it determines the outcome of our spiritual life. That's why the Apostle Paul tells us um, in Philippians 4.8, he says, listen, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. He reiterates that basically in a single sentence in, in Colossians 3.2 when he says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. And when we do this, when this becomes our standard operating system, then we experience a certain level of peace, a certain level of comfort and confidence that comes from God because we've taken in his word and we guard it against the enemy. And this produces a healthy mindset. The human mind is an amazing creation of God. We talked about how amazing the body was last week, and you know it's so sophisticated and complicated that there's really no other explanation for its existence except that God created it for his glory. And the only thing that's more fascinating than the body is the mind. I mean, there is nothing on earth that can match its capabilities or its creativity. It generates feelings and thoughts and words and attitudes and behaviors. I mean, who we become and what we achieve are largely due to how and what we think about. And so it only makes sense that we're going to let the, the one who created all of this guide our thought process. And as we allow God to guide our thought process, and, and this, this really comes just by filling our mind with his word and then protecting it, then we begin to really form a biblical outlook, this new paradigm through which we see um, or, or we view and interpret the world around us. So this, this kind of becomes the lens through which we see everything in our life. And everybody has a, a worldview. Uh, both believers and non-believers really function by this set of beliefs and assumptions that we make about life. But for Christians, though, it's essential to the process of renewing our minds is it's cultivating this biblical worldview. So we can, we can train our minds to think biblically about grand, life-shaping realities and, and principles like creation and human existence and human relationships and sexuality and the afterlife and, and every other touch point of intellectual formation. Because Christianity isn't just a religion of the heart. It is a religion of the mind. God wants to engage with you intellectually. 
And to do that, we, we need to align our mind with God's word and allow his spirit to influence us. And as this happens, then, then God gives us um, the ability to discern things, empowering us to kind of look beyond the surface and, and view situations as they really are. In other words, as he sees them. And then, and only then, can we really distinguish not just between what is right and what is wrong, but between what is just okay and what is good, what is pleasing, and what is perfect to God. That's when we become functioning followers of God. When I was spending some time in, this, uh, in, the, in the Word here, and that in particular our, our main scripture for this morning out of Romans at 12, where it says, don't conform to the patterns of this world, right? Just be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That way you're going to be able to, to test uh, what, is, what is good, what is perfect from God. Um, I felt like God was really pointing me back to the word transform. When I was trying to focus on renewing your mind, I was like, we're talking about the mind, God. I got to stay on renewing your mind. He was like, take a closer look at transform. So, so I did. So I'm just going to share the story. Unfortunately, God didn't give me the words to make this transition. So that's the transition. We're moving on. Um, there's a story in the Gospel of Matthew and in the Gospel of Mark. So both those Gospels has it. Uh, it's the story that we refer to as the transfiguration of the Lord. Um, and so Jesus goes up on top of this mountain and he takes James and John with him. And here's what Matthew records, 17.2. There, Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. So the Greek word that's used there for transfigured is the exact same root word that Paul uses when he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I point this out for one reason. Just doing what other Christians do and trying to avoid worldly behavior and living doesn't necessarily transform you. We can avoid all kinds of questionably, socially acceptable behavior and still not be changed from the inside out. Jesus was transformed and his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Something like that happens to us spiritually, morally, ethically, and mentally. First on the inside and then on the outside. As we grow and as we mature and we all reach the unity and the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. When we dive into God's Word, it'll transform our minds and we too will shine for the glory of God. Let's pray. God, we are incredibly grateful that you have preserved your holy word for us. And not only do we get to, to read it, we get to experience it. We get to just let it speak to our hearts and transform us and change who we are so that we can be more like Christ. God, help us to be very intentional about carving out some time to dedicate it to your word and to you and just spending time in prayer and meditation and memorizing some words and scripture and just reading. That's the only way we're going to get to know you more. And so God, help, help us make you a priority.
God, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, guys, we've got one more song this morning. We'll be standing as we sing. If God's laid something on your heart and you want to pray about that, um, me and Jamie and Jared will be up front. If you want to come spend some time with us, we'd love to pray with you. Or you can just spend some time at the table here in, in prayer. But uh, let's be standing as we sing this last, last song. <laughs>